So we've taken a little bit of break for the last couple of months from the podcast. So took a little bit of a break for the summer. We're now getting back into it. And so the next few episodes that you're going to hear, I think you're really going to enjoy. I've had the opportunity over the last few months to interview quite a few fascinating authors Uh, some other people in the creative space, like some filmmakers and, and consultants and and some other people. So I think, I I think you're going to be really interested in the upcoming episodes. This episode is, is the, the episode that I recorded when I had my book launch back in the spring um, of 2023. I know we're a little late getting there, but, you know, as I said, I took a little bit of a break. So this, we were at the Buckhead Club. So if you've been listening, you've heard, we've had a couple of episodes that were recorded live at the Buckhead Club in Atlanta, Georgia, in front of a a live audience. So the name of the book is The Author's Way. It's available on Amazon. It's The Author's Way Journal. It's available on Amazon if you're interested. It's a 90-day it's a writing journal. So the whole purpose of the book is to give people who want to become better writers a tool to, to help them do that. So would love for you to check it out uh, on Amazon. And, you know, if you if you enjoy it, you know, give us a review. So, so give a listen to this episode. I I think it'll give you, so what's different about this episode is it's, it's an interview of me. So it'll give you a little bit more insight into what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do, what my purpose is, and I really enjoyed the conversation and the interview and the questions that we got from the audience. So, you know, give it a listen. I think, I, I think you'll really enjoy it. Hey there, welcome to the Author's Way podcast, The Journey to Finding Your Voice. My name is Jennifer Wright, and we're going to be doing something a little bit different. So if you've been listening to the podcast, you have heard a couple of our shows where we were here at the Buckhead Club in Atlanta, Georgia, and we are back here today for a live podcast recording. The one thing that's a little bit different is that the topic of this conversation is actually going to be me. So, and we're going to be talking about my new book, The Author's Way Journal. I have invited Britt Harrison from the Buckhead Club, and she is going to be um, me today. So she's going to be the moderator of the conversation and will be grilling me or questioning me how whatever, you know, I've given her kind of free reign to whatever, whatever she wants to do there. So welcome, Britt. Thank you for having me and congratulations. Thank you. We're all excited to hear more about your book, Um, but I will dive in and I have a question that I've always loved to ask um, anyone I meet that's new. It just happens to be about reading and books and it is, they say that you live out your life based on the first book that you remember reading. So subconsciously, what book leads your life? So that's when I was in second grade, and this is going to be an opposite of what the question that you asked. When I was in second grade, um, our our teacher gave us all um, covers for books, like dust dust jackets for a book. And we were supposed to create a book based off of that dust jacket. 
Um, so that was the first book I wrote. Um, what was it called? Oh my gosh. And when you said that, I was like, let me, it's, it's a, it's a horse is the name of, and it was actually made, that book was actually made into a movie recently, but I cannot remember the name of it. It'll, it'll come to me during the conversation, I'm sure, but it's about a horse. And, um, so that, and I can't, I might still have it somewhere in the archives, but, um, that we were, we took construction paper and we mm -hmm. um, stapled it together and made a yeah, book. Old school book covers. And then we, we wrote, we just, all we knew was the title of the book and okay. the, and the picture on the cover. And then we wrote our own book based off of that. So that was, that was my very first book. And illustration, apparently. We did there, we did illustrate um, the book. I'm going to have to check my, at my parents' house and see if, Please see if they still that have out it. Of the archives. Yeah. yeah. Mine is not as fancy. It's just, if you give a mouse a cookie, it's very, oh. So, um, nice. well, on that note, let's talk a little bit about where um, you started your journey in writing. You know, what kind of brought you to this? How did you, besides being a phenomenal illustrator at a very early <laughs> age, uh, want to publish your own writing? Oh, gosh, it's it's a very long story and I won't get into all of it. But really what, what got me started was um, so back when when I was a kid, I hated my name um right it it's not spelled right um nobody can nobody spells it I always have to tell people how to spell it especially you know especially when you're a kid um it's it's also at the end of the alphabet it's true you go last in everything in life. I'm last cool. in everything mm -hmm. um and so I you know when I started school I didn't have kindergarten I started in first grade but in first grade they put it put me at the back of the room back corner um, and that's where I was first grade, second grade up until, I don't know, junior high, maybe. And because that's what they always did. They always put us in alphabetical order. So sure, sure. for years and years, I was at the back of the room on top of it. I was the youngest person in my class. So, you know, from that perspective, I was always last, you know, the last to get your driver's license, the last, I mean, it was just the last for everything. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, through the years, other things, your name gets dropped off list, um, being the last year, I would end up with my, my picture, the only picture on the page in the yearbook. Um, <laughs> I mean, spotlight. That, that's a feature. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, there were just always things like, and I'm like, I just hate my last name. Sure. Um, but what it did was being in the back of the room, it was quieter back there mm -hmm. and I would sit back there and read. And then I would sit from the time that I really could write, I would write and I would write stories and I would write thoughts and ideas and, um, but I never showed them to anyone. Did you have a journal that you wrote them in or was you there know, any sort of collection? Not really. It was just, you know, whatever was there, I would just write on, you know, the, I'd write on the back of the notebook. I'd write on, um, you know, just whatever was available. Textbooks? I never do that. They're going to make you. No, I had a remember? librarian. She, yeah, she would have, that would have not been good if yeah. she'd caught me writing in the textbook. So I wouldn't do that. Um, but, but I would, I would read and I would write and I would read everything. I, I would read the encyclopedia. I would read everything. Um, and so it just created this, I was just always creating stories. I was just always creating, 
um, just making things up. And, um, and so it just created this, um, this need to always be telling, always be telling something. Okay. Um, however, and I think this was part of the, the being in the back of the room. Um, I was an extreme introvert. Okay. So you're sitting next to an extreme extra. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I just didn't share anything. And then it became, as I got older, it became, um, feeling like I didn't have a voice. Interesting. After Um, all the writing. After I didn't share it though. Um, did you read it? Yeah. A lot of people don't read their writing. Well, a lot of it just got tossed. Yeah. I didn't keep a lot of it, but, but, but there just became this, this thought, and even into my career that, you know, I don't have a voice. Um, and then when I started finding, so I started out, my first experience as a professional writer was as a copywriter. Okay. And um, I discovered that I had a way of, of taking people's information and being able to share it. Um, finding ways to put it together so you could share it. And I think that's how by by sharing other people's voices, I found ways to share my own. Very interesting. Yeah. So a lot of work in your early years went unpublished from what I understand. Mm-hmm. What made you want to write a book about writing rather than sharing probably a lot of stories that had been developed over your lifetime? If I were completely honest, I probably felt like it was easier <laughs> than digging down into my own sure. self. And, and that's coming next. There, there are some other things that are coming. Um, but I also wanted to provide a tool. Okay. As I've worked with people through the years, I, I keep hearing themes. One, what are in, some of those things? So I can't write. I want to write a book, but I can't write. Um, I'm not good at writing. I don't know how, I don't have time. So these themes just keep coming up over and over. And I wanted to provide a tool that would help people who were saying those things to themselves right. to find ways to, that you don't, number one, we're all better writers than what we think we are. Um, it's, you know, it's not about, it's not about grammar and it's not about, I mean, you can fix all of that. It's about getting the, getting the words out and getting the information out. Um, but so, so I wanted to write people a tool that would help them to practice. It's really, you know, writing is, is a learned skill. It's, um, it's just like, if you want to be a pianist, you practice every day Mm -hmm. if you want to um learn to play guitar you practice so writing is the same thing you get better the more you practice um so I wanted to give people a way to practice where it's easy and it's kind of a no-brainer and they don't have to think about it and they can just sit down and write um so I came up with the idea for the book so that it's a it's it's a 90 day journal. Why you know, 90 days? If you don't mind me interrupting. Well, because I think it takes, it takes more than 30 days to create a habit. Sure. Um, and so 90 days to me is a, you can, you can get a lot done in 90 days. 
you can put a lot out there in 90 days. And by the time you've, you've gone through nine, if you do 90 days of writing, you probably got a pretty good start on a book. So speaking about the book, I got my copy when you told me about it and when Amazon delivered it, I cracked it open and I always read through everything before I, I start reading it. And what I loved is that while it's a 90 day journal, you actually convey to the reader slash writer um, that they don't have to do it consecutively. Yeah. Why was that? Because I loved that I had free will in this book because how often do we read a book and we feel compelled? We have to read it right away. I have to read every page. If I don't finish it or, you know, what have you, I'm, I'm fa- you're, you're automatically failing yourself. Mm-hmm. So what prompted you to kind of insert that free will more autonomy? Because that is what people get overwhelmed with quite mm-hmm. often is the responsibility or they feel like they're failing. Because I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> also same. <laughs> so um, I, I like being flexible in mm-hmm. my own life. Um, I don't, I don't like being, you know, instructed to do something every day. Um, so I wanted to give that same flexibility to the reader. Adding to that too, (laughs) each day has several options and then just a carte blanche prompt too as well. So Mm -hmm. you have a prompt or you have a word and then what was the third thing? So there's a, there's a writing prompt. Okay. There's a word of the day and the word of the day is, is always a high vibration word or a highly positive word. And then there's a gratitude um, for the day. And now you can write the gratitude every day, but it can also, it can also be the topic for that day, or you can doodle, or you can, you know, you can write words or you can do whatever you want. So it's, it's completely flexible so that there's, there's even value. Um, and there's a lot of writers out there that write about this value in just putting the pen on the paper and just starting to write and whatever words come out of your brain, you put on the paper. Um, you know, it's kind of like stream of consciousness or whatever you want to call it, but there's a lot of value and in, in just sitting and doing that too. So I just wanted to keep it flexible so that I think, especially for creatives mm-hmm. um, and for writers, if you try to restrict yourself too much, then what you're trying to get out won't get out. Right. So it's just giving yourself the freedom to let whatever needs to come out. So tell us more about who you were writing this book for. What What was that audience? What did they look like? What were their habits? What were you trying to help them um, maybe master, if you will, is it creating a subject? Is it uh, finding more diligence and uh, routine and creating the writing habits? Or tell us more about that. I think it's a little of all of what you said, but it's really just allowing someone who just wants to just free themselves up from whatever the rules are. Um, and I I, I, I have a thing about trying to release this idea about rules. And I was, I was sitting here um, with someone last week and I noticed, um, I was looking, the book was sitting in front of me and I noticed you look on the, on the hardcover only, my last name is spelled wrong on the buying 
on the binding. Is it really? It is. Yes. Wow. There's a letter missing. That's an and, Easter egg. We're going to call that an Easter but egg. No, I'm like, that doesn't bother me. That does not bother me because I'm like, that's kind of part of my passion is let's get rid of some of these rules and let's just release it and let's just do what we want to do and yeah. stop worrying about doing it perfectly and doing it exactly right. Um, and so when I saw that, I'm like, oh, that's a great kind of symbol of something that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do for myself. I have been a perfectionist in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to release some of that. And, and that's one of the things that I think people get so stuck on doing it right, that they don't do it. So they get so caught up and I want to do it right, that they stop themselves from doing. And that's what I'm trying to do is to get people to release that and just do it and forget about the perfectionism and forget about the, um, the and, and, you know, you can get an editor. I can fix the words, right? You know, I can fix, I can fix the grammar, but just get the, get the words out. It sounds like there's a lot of therapy in your mind, um, that comes out on paper. Um, I'll share the first day that I wrote in um, the journal, my grandfather mm -hmm. passed away and he was my father growing up. Mm. Um, and I just started writing. Mm. And by the time I got to the end of it, I had, was just, the page was soaked mm -hmm. and I had never written before. So the first time I used your journal, I was able to put down on paper what I couldn't even say during mm -hmm. his service. And it was beautiful. And I read it back. And now I read it every time I've got the slightest, you know, inkling that I miss him. And it was this prayer that I prayed um, the night that he passed. So mm -hmm. the the therapy's in there too, even just, mm -hmm. you know, almost like a diary, if you will. I mean, it's your journal. You can really take it and make it what you want. What do you want your reader writers to take away from this? Like what would be the top three things you really want them to kind of focus tap into at the end of it? You've mastered these things. So I think number one is just like I said earlier, you are a better writer than you think you are. Um, I hear so many people saying, oh, I can't write. I don't, I don't know how I'm, I'm not good. Um, but that doesn't even really matter. It's about mm -hmm. getting the words out to me, writing, it's like, and in writing may not be your medium. Maybe music is your medium. Maybe speaking is your medium. You know, there's, there's all different ways of, of expressing yourself and writing, writing may not be the one for you. Um, but I think it's worth exploring. And I think it's, it's kind of a beautiful process. Um, and I think there is a way, and I know for myself, I can put things on paper. I can't say. Right. Um, and so I think there's just, if you can explore it and you can see what you can do with it, there are just ways to just get word to get the words out and forget about the rules, um, for a moment. I mean, all of that can be fixed. Just just get it out and express it and, and use it as the medium to help um, be expressive. Wonderful. I want to tap into your actual um, writing expertise for a moment. So I had this idea earlier when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk to you about. 
and somebody had sent me an email and I read it and immediately it was just terrible. And I thought tone, it's so hard to convey tone in an email, in a text message, right? Mm -hmm. And what you just said there, it's so much easier to send a text, to write something down on paper, to type an email and send it. How do you create tone in your writing and what tips or, you know, what sort of practice can people start using to not only get the words down, but also create their own voice, their own tone through their writing? Well, I think one of the keys is um, think about the person that you're writing to. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do think that we get a little bit caught up in the formality of some of our writing, right. um, that we forget that there's actually another person on the other end that's receiving it. Sure. Um, and I think, I think that for me, that's, that's probably what I do. I think about the person I'm talking to and I think about it as a conversation. Um, and, you know, I also think about what, what do I want to get from that other person? Cause I mean, every time we communicate with someone, there's something, there's an exchange. Right. Um, so I think about what I want to get from that other person and, adjust it based off of that as well the other thing and this is just a this is a, a corporate thing I'm a, I always put what you're looking for at the top so they don't have to read like 50,000 paragraphs to get to the point um but that's just you know that's just a corporate thing um because I can't I can't take an email that you know I have to read three pages before I know what I'm supposed to do but right. there's a time for summer to <laughs> a time for expansion. Yeah. We can all agree on yeah. that. <laughs> so it's going to be a little controversial, but would you say that you played it safe writing this book instead of writing something that conveyed more of your own journey, emotion, tone? I think for this book in particular, that wasn't the purpose. Gotcha. The purpose for this book was to create a tool that um, people could use. Um, there, so I, I hadn't, hadn't thought about it that, I would say probably no, because that wasn't my purpose. Sure. Um, now, there are two other books that I'm working on right now yeah. that will get more into that. But Any teasers, can we have a teaser? <laughs> So, um, I mean, I'll tell you kind of general topics, but um, one of them is about um, being an introvert in a very extroverted corporate world. Sure. Um, and how to, how to um, kind of navigate those waters um, when you're told multiple times a day to that you need to speak up more. Um, so... So that's, so that's the topic of one of them. The other one is about women's voices in the leadership space. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we're all looking forward to those. Um, I would like to open up the conversation to the audience because everybody's raised your eyebrow at least once. I'm very good on uh, catching people's expressions. So are there any questions that we would like to ask, or I'm happy to lead a few conversation starters? Maxwell? Yes. So when we spoke last week, you shared that everybody's on their own time. Mm -hmm. Some people take six months to write a book. Some people take six years, 10 years. 
what would you say are some of the major benchmarks in a, any book writing process, no matter how long it takes? What would you say are the major benchmarks that once each one is completed, we're just like, yeah, got that part done? All right. So what he's asking is, what are the major benchmarks um, that you move through? Um, so number one, I would say, when you're writing a book, number one, I would say, give yourself at least 12 months. Um, I, if, if you try to do it in less than 12 months, absolutely you can. There are people out there that do. Um, but I think when you set those expectations for yourself, you end up getting disappointed if, if, if you don't meet them. So give yourself enough time um, to do it. Um, if you think about the major benchmarks, um, for me, I am a planner. So I would say the, the, the planning process of putting your book together is probably one of the, and the strategy. I'm really, really big on purpose and strategy and goals. Um, thinking through what is your, what is your purpose in writing your book? What do you want to do with your book? How, you know, how do you want to use your book? Um, and really getting that clear in your head as you begin the process. Um, so that would be one of the first ones for me. Um, and then it's, you know, it kind of falls in line how you would think it would. There's creating the content um, and making sure that the content really says what you want it to say. There's the editing process. Um, and, and it doesn't stop with the publishing process. There's, there's a lot that happens after a lot of people think, oh, great. I got my book published. Great. Now everybody's going to go out and buy it. And there's a lot of, a lot of planning that goes into after the publishing process. So what do you, you know, to decide what to do with your book and how to market it and how to, um, and then, you know, figuring out what your, what, what next is with it. So so I would say those are probably the, the main things for me. Hopefully that answered your question. Yeah. What about titles? I'm all about a title. I'll go in the bookstore and I'm looking for a title or I'm looking for, you know, I'm a, I'm a design person. So, it, you know, the font, the, mm -hmm. the, even the way that you were able to create light on a book, which is very difficult. So kudos mm -hmm. on that. Um, thank you what's in a title for you how do you come up with that obviously this is more instructional but for the books that you're writing what was your process with coming up for the titles for that or the content titles come in there's not really for me there's not really a one way okay. titles come in a lot of different come from a, do, a lot of different places I talk to people who don't write their title until the book is done because it comes through the creation of the book I see some people start with their title. They're like, oh, I've got this really great title and this is what the book is, is, is going to be about. It really is individual um, to the author. Um, and sometimes you have a title, but then as you're creating the book, then the title starts to shift. Um, and you can do some different things. There's ways you can do title testing um to see anything fanatic like this. yeah title testing yeah so you know you can you can talk to friends family their their um online services where you can do title testing and just see how people like the title how people respond to the title focus, group. focus groups there's lots of different ways to come up with your title um I think it's just one of those things that kind of it's individual to the author 
and they have to kind of figure out what what works for them and um and then you know i if, if it's someone i'm working with we have conversations about it and we come up with different ways to to figure out how to do that but it it is a very personal thing i believe for the author because that's it's kind of like naming your baby um right yeah so we so so, I mean, it's it's important for the author to really kind of go through that process and figure out the right way to do it for themselves. Wonderful. Yeah. I love how many times we get to say right, <laughs> yeah. even though you did not grow up liking your name. <laughs> yeah. um, question for the audience, because from what we've heard, a lot of people are either interested in writing a book or um, are have already published books. Do you have any questions as far as, you know, are you stuck in your writing? Is there anything that Jennifer can hone in on to lend her expertise? Mm -hmm. My turn. Well, I think Eric had a question over oh, here. I mean, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. So <laughs> giving tree, by the way. Okay. That's such a good one. So my fellow extrovert uh, gave a great story about how she used, maybe not this one, but a related book. Uh, for an application that maybe you wouldn't expect. I mean, probably thinking about that, it's not to write something that's a prayer. It's super cathartic. And where I was going to land in that is, one of the things that I hear has someone who is an expert and avid reader, clearly, mm -hmm. from the introduction, but uh, hasn't written anything yet, is the fear of writer's block. Mm -hmm. Like getting in there, committing to it, and then just, there's nothing so is there something about this book or is there a writer's block angle and it's kind of i think what brett was taking us as well that was a, a big part of the purpose that i created this book is because writer's block is a thing and it's it is something that i think all of us who want to write face um and so that was one of the purposes of this is so that you have a tool you can sit down on any given day and have something to write about. I found that the best way to get rid of writer's block is to um, just write about something else. So if you're trying to write about a specific topic and the words aren't coming, pick a different topic mm. or do a different project. Um, and that helps to start to clear it up. And then you never know when you start writing about something else, if the thing that you wanted to write about may start coming out. Um, so, so that's kind of the purpose of this. So every day you, there are different things you can write about. Um, so it just helps when you're, if you're trying to write about something specific and you, you just write, um, and, and you never know when when that might start to clear up and what you want to write about then or you may discover that there's something that you would rather write about than what maybe what maybe the reason it's not coming is because it's not the thing you really want to write about so um so yeah that's that's kind of the a little bit of the purpose of it and i think something just clicked that's why every day there's a what are you grateful for? yes okay. yes oh i get it yeah thank you yeah yeah, thank you. All right, Ralph. Okay, so I'm sure a lot of the people that you work with, uh, their books may be more about their life, their personal experiences, things like that. How? What's the best way to handle 
when you're a chapter in your book, it may may not paint someone in your life in the most positive manner, knowing that they're still alive mm. and that they will read this book at some point. Um, how in the world, what's without watering it down because the story is important, but how do you handle that? Do you go to that person and go, hey, I'm getting ready to write this book, putting it out, you're going to be mentioned in there, and this is the story. How do you handle that? Um, so the question is for the, for the listeners, the question is, how do you write a story about someone else that may not put them in the best light, um, but it's a part of your story and you need to, and, and the story needs to be put out there. So I interviewed an author and she was actually going to be here tonight, but she, she wasn't able to be here tonight. And she gave me the best example of that. Uh, she published her book about a year or so ago and um her book was there was some stories in there and she told me she was very careful that she only wrote her story that that she didn't write someone else's story and one of the things she did so for instance there were some pieces in her story that involved her parents and she went to her parents and she told them what she was writing and she told them what she was writing about. And she asked them, are you okay with this? And there were some pieces of the story that they weren't okay with. And so she took those out um, because she said, this is my story. And she says, I only have the right to write my story. I don't have the right to write someone else's. So I, I found that to be like phenomenal advice um, in that. And I think there's, you just have to find a way to tell it um, from your perspective. It is still your story. I'm just going to use my poncho as my name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I thought that was some of the best advice um, from her is, you know, just being, you know, you do have a right to tell your story. Um, in any form that you need to tell it, but, um, you know, just being conscious that it, it is your story um, and not someone else's. And that's one of the, that's actually one of the, as an editor, that's one of the kind of the tough things I do run into sometimes having to tell someone, um, you know, you might want to think about reframing this um, so that, so that you're that you're not um telling too much of someone else's story good thank you yeah yeah so did you have a question just curious you know for writing like for other people or helping them write their stories uh what do you remember being one of the first ones that you did like that like were you a child when you first did that or did you not do that till you were an adult let me make sure I understand your question. So you're asking about telling other people's stories. Right. Like if you're helping somebody, like you're writing a story about a, um, a second person or it's in somebody else's perspective, or you're helping somebody write their own book, you're still helping them see it from a different from their perspective rather than your own. I was just wondering how at what point in life you started to do that. Oh my gosh, what point in life I started to like help people. So probably where I, I remember it, and I probably did this before 
before this, but what, when I remember it is really kind of started in my career. Um, I started doing, um, training, corporate training, and then I started doing business process and that required me to interview people and ask lots and lots and people hated me because I was the one that came in with all the questions. And I, I dug and dug and dug into, into all the questions. And that's, that's probably the first time I remember really working at digging out, um, really digging in and digging out information from people. Um, and I think that's one of the things that has made me better at book writing is because I can, I can really dig things out of people that they didn't. I actually have people say, I feel like I just went through therapy after I'm done with one of my sessions because it, it, um, I do, um, have a way of kind of digging in and asking lots and lots of questions, um, to the point that I kind of drive people a little nuts. Um, but that's when I first remember it. Now I do remember when I was a kid, we lived way out in the country and didn't have a lot of neighbors so it was me and my two sisters and I think we had one neighbor around my age um at that time and we were we made up stuff all the time we made up plays and we made up stories and we made up so I think that's where where some of that probably comes from is because we just didn't have a whole lot of other kids around. So we were kind of left on our own to figure things out. So we just, we, and I was also very different from my two sisters. Um, I hung out by myself a lot. So um, a lot of times when I was hanging out by myself, I was out making things up. I was out like exploring and coming up with stories around like all of my different adventures and exploring out in the woods so yeah I grew up in the country too so uh, I think I can I get really happy in my own head space but it's a yeah lot of, uh, observing a lot of observing yes yes absolutely absolutely so okay you've transitioned out of corporate America into being sort of in the author circuit mm -hmm. the best way that I can describe it being a corporate citizen myself um do you have any advice for folks when you make that transition is there anything that you found to help you make that transition just anything personal or advice for your listeners right right so advice for people who are transitioning out of corporate America this is my third time that I've I've done this um, I tell a lot of people don't do what I did, but, you know, or do I, you know, it's, you know, um, it's, it's been, it's been a really long journey for me and I don't, I don't think I, I regret any of it. I think it's all been, so someone asked me when the last corporate position I took back in 2019, I was just starting the book writing, um, the book writing consulting gig. And the goal was to take that position, do the book writing um, as a side gig 
and then step out. Six months in, we went through a huge merger and then my my nice little easy corporate gig turned into a 15 hour a day, um, heavy, heavy workload and the book writing kind of got stifled. Um, and then I finally, I finally said, okay, I've got to cut it. I've got to go. I've got to, and I just had to, had to put a, I had to put a timeline on it. I had to put a date on it. Mm. Um, and once I put the date on it, then we got the plan together for me to just step out. Um, however, during that period of time, I did a lot of stuff. I learned, I, I coached, I read, I, I just went through you know, I went through a, a big learning process. So by the time I was able to step out, I knew a lot more um, than I did to begin with. So I, I think just wherever you are in the journey, whatever your next thing is, is just keep learning about it. Um, and I, I know it gets frustrating because it's like, oh, I want to be doing that. I don't want to be doing this. Um, but I think if you can take the opportunity to use it as a learning. Um, I think I knew so much more when I finally did take that step out than if I had done it, I don't know, six months earlier, a year earlier, because I took that time um, to, as a, as a learning opportunity. So that by the time I was ready, I was ready. Um, so, um, and, I say that was my last corporate job um, and my last corporate job. So that's, that's the goal. Yeah. So, but yeah, but you know, I think I, I'm a planner. Like I said, I think if you just put your plan in place and work your plan, um, you can, you know, you can, you can get to wherever you want to go. Yeah. Wonderful. So let's get outside of your writing and talk about what you like to read. Where do you find your inspiration? Are you Robert Frost? Are you going to nature? Are you picking up a Sudoku? Like what, what <laughs> triggers you? What, what really actually inspires you? So at one time I had about 300 antique books. Um, and one of them came, it actually came from my great-grandmother. What was her name? My great-grandmother's name was Aura. I love it. Yeah. I love um, a grandmother's name. Yes. Aura Chambers. Um, she, I got, and I can't even open it up now because it, the book is so starting to become very tattered. Mm -hmm. um, it's a book of poetry. And I adore that book. I have, and, and I've had it since I was a kid. And I think that's why it's so tattered now. I've got to, I've got to figure out how to get it put back together. But um, it's a book of poetry. And I picked that book up. And I have other books of poetry. But poetry is one of the things that has always just kind of brought me. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's comfort. I don't, I don't know what it is. But there's just something about poetry. Like old poetry. Like the rhythm. Like, it's the rhythm the rhymes the 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 sounds the word I mean there's just something about it that I just love um but I love picking up a book of book of poetry and I have tons of books of poetry at home um but yeah there's just something about just reading and I really like the old stuff 
right um you know like the robert uh, Elizabeth Barrett Browning and and Robert Browning and and Piercy Shelley and like the like the really old stuff yeah what have you read that just shook you like what hit your core what's something I know you you say you love poetry but what's something that you've read that really shaped who you are how you write you read it and you're like I want to write more like that I want to Gosh. convey more whatever that zhuzh is if you will well if there is any it's one thing word, yeah word. yeah it starts with a c i don't know if there's any one thing um there's been lots and lots of things over the years i mean at any given time in my life you could ask me you know who's your favorite writer right now and i would give you and it's changed significantly um over the years and i've gone from um reading you know novels to reading um business books to reading inspirational books i mean there's just there've just been so many over the years um i will have to say that there's one recently i've really gotten into this author ryan holiday and he he wrote this book um the obstacle is uh, the obstacle is the way and it really kind of changed a lot of my perspective okay um how's that so, well, his, his, that book specifically is on the writings of Marcus Aurelius. And he really talks about, I mean, it's, it's in the title, the obstacle is the way, how you use obstacles in your life to um, really kind of help to navigate through life. Um, and so it was something that, that it, and it's just one book. There's lots of other books out there that I've read that have, that have like, helped shape but that's probably recently one of the ones that I've read that have been um have really helped me to kind of shape some of my more recent thinking what about outside of reading what in your life is shaping your stories or your perspective or the people or real life events I mean everything around you is really going to come through your writing whether you intend for it to or not so you know, what are some resources or, or who is inspiring you? What is inspiring you? Are you cooking a meal and you get an idea and then all of a sudden now I've got to, you know, get this on paper or, or tell us about a time where you've been inspired in the moment. So I think for me, it was a two part. I didn't mean, to hit no, you that's once. okay. Um, for me, it's finding experiences throughout my life. I have done ballroom dancing. I have learned to play guitar. I have learned stand-up comedy. I have um, played a little bit with playing the piano. I've painted, I've, I, I draw. It's, I'm always looking for something new to learn, to do. I think it's the learning that I like. And um, so I think that's what really inspires me is finding new things and new experiences to learn. Okay. Yeah. What do you do when you get stuck? I do one of those things. You just I, I pick up one of those things I do. I, I, I change something. I, if I'm stuck at writing, I, I work on a painting or I work on a drawing or I sing, or I, um, work on, you know, my stand-up comedy routine. I Which do I have something to I different. I want to know more about that. I've never <laughs> seen stand-up Jen, but I have to think she's pretty funny. She's hilarious. You're yes. not an introvert. <laughs> 
you're an extrovert hiding inside of oh maybe maybe yeah (laughs) so so yeah so yeah that's that's pretty much what I do I just I I shake it up I find something different to do what Mm -hmm. would you like to read like what is not out there that you're always yearning for oh gosh I don't I like I like entertaining. I like I like things that are you mean Martha thoughtful. Stewart or no, no things that are thoughtful and but also funny. Okay. And things that have like a, a, a message but do it in a way that that um helps you to kind of see things sort of more lightly, not so seriously um so looking at looking at things in a funny way but also um you know taking apart serious topics in a funny way like curb your enthusiasm but in real life just all the time right yeah what we're talking yeah just I like it because I mean I I think we take and and I am I am guilty of this you're taking things just so seriously and I think I think there's ways of taking like these serious topics and turning them into um funny entertaining ways of looking at it. So building on the question earlier about how do you write about someone and let's take that and turn it into a hard subject to talk about what you, to build on what you just said too. How do you write about a difficult subject that you know is going to be controversial or you know is, is hypersensitive or relevant? How do you approach those subjects? You make it funny. You just inject you just make it right funny. Yeah. You find ways to to take the heaviness out of it. I think we get so um, we get so caught up in in making everything so heavy. I think I think you just have to find the lightness about it and the the joy about it and the um, and just you know I think everything would be funny. I, I, I think if we could just be humorous about some things, we would. Um, you know, we all just need to lighten up. Everybody needs to lighten up. Yes. Um, it's been really nice to see your evolution. And I remember when we met, you were still in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see yourself writing a poetry book or a comedy book? Or is that kind of incorporated in what you just released? So... Unfortunately, I don't write poetry. I love to read it, but it doesn't, the words don't come out of me in that way. Um, But my goal is for every book that I write, I want there to be, I want it, I want it to be light and funny. Um, And I've, I've even told myself that's one of the reasons I haven't written more is because and one of the reasons I took the stand-up comedy class a few years ago was I wanted to figure out how to write and get more humor in my writing um, because I really want the things that I write to be um, more humorous and, and lighter. So that's my goal with my own writing. Yeah. So I wish I could write poetry. It just doesn't seem to come out of me that way. Yeah. Okay. Any other right. questions while we have some time? Maxwell. Yes. 
So when and where is your next comedy show? Oh, I don't have one scheduled at the moment. Um, there probably will be one sometime in the summer. Um, what I usually do is they have these um, alumni shows over at the Punchline, and I usually participate in those, or I try to. Um, but there's not one scheduled quite yet at the moment. But I'll let you know. Yeah. We haven't talked about it yet, but how do you tap into a, the resource if a reader writer wants to work with you? So let's say oh. they're writing or they're thinking about writing or they've got something that, you know, they, they really would love to tap into. How do they uh, reach you? What's the process like to partner with you or, you know, kind of what does that journey look like if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I'd love to work with you. Um, I think you could help me with my writing. There's a couple of ways. So first we just start with a conversation. We start talking about purpose. Like I was talking about earlier, that because mm -hmm. to me, that's the biggest piece of it. So we just start with a conversation um, and, you know, they can, they can do that. They can reach me through, um, through my website or my email, which all that information is on the, on the show notes for the, for the podcast. I am starting, I'm going to be starting here um, in the next month or so, a new uh, group um a new writers group so um that's one way and it um it's a, a um it's we'll have group sessions we'll have one-on-one -on -one sessions and so so we're going to be doing that and then the um I'm going to be starting this summer a um a 30-day writing challenge that's based on the book um and so we're going to be doing some writing exercises and having some fun getting to know each other and doing some writing together for that so and all of that information can be um can be found on the website and or they can just reach out to me at my email address um which is in the show notes for the for the podcast as well well, wonderful. Yeah. Well, I think we have a lot of your readers who uh, are anxious to get your autograph and probably yes. some words of wisdom in their books. So we'll go ahead and conclude our, our talk. And it's been amazing to hear from you. Um, I do have one last question. And this is, uh, it kind of uh, comes full circle. I ask everybody I meet this. I've probably asked you this before. But do you like pineapple on your pizza? No. <laughs> more pineapple for me I am not a pineapple pizza kind of person so yeah no that that's just a little too weird for me um I'm more of I'm very traditional pizza well, yes Jennifer thank you so much for having me your book has already made an impression on me uh that's not me saying this for this podcast but it's just saying um I'm grateful and thankful that you did mm -hmm. publish this so that um, we can all take it and make it what we need it to be in our lives right now. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Congratulations so again. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for helping me with this podcast. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah. And for the listeners, thank you so much for joining us. And this has been the author's way. <laughs>